the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Christy Mandelo, board-certified divorce coach. So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, or coming out of it, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Mendelow is here to be your go-to educational, informational, and inspirational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a Christian board-certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. She and her guests will bring you important insight and information, helping you make better decisions through and beyond the process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, all giving you hope and reassurance that you'll be okay. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Mendelow starts now. And here's your host, Christy Mendelow. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour, a radio show and podcast for those considering in the middle of and moving forward from divorce. I'm so glad that you are here today and you might hear the smile through the mic. And that's because our awesome producer, Corey, and how he cues me into the show just always brings me a little smile, an extra smile, a little laugh, uh, just so sweet. And so it just makes things even better and more fun. So thank you, Corey. Today will be a bit of a different show. It will certainly focus on navigating divorce, but we'll take a different path in getting there. Today, my husband, Richard Mendelow, is with me. You might know that Richard is the host of Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and it airs on this same station each Saturday just before this show. And by the way, it airs again on Sundays at 4 p.m. So if you missed it today, you can still catch it tomorrow. You can also listen by podcast after the show airs. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts and download it there or head on over to CourageousChristianity.today. Back to the show and what we are doing here today. Today, I will be teaching a lesson I've prepared through a class Richard and I've been taking. And folks, this teaching that I'll be doing here today Well, it's my project for the class. So say a prayer, I get an A. (laughs) Seriously, though, what I want to do is teach both you all and Richard the material that makes up my research and findings for this paper. Once that's done, Richard and I will discuss the teaching, and I'm certain he will bring some amazing insights to the conversation. And finally, then we'll wrap it up, providing some ideas based on our discussion that can help you as you navigate divorce. And here's what I'll be teaching about. It is ultimately about the seed theme in the Pentateuch. And if you don't know, the Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible, as well as in the historical books of the Bible. We're going to ultimately be on a journey from Genesis through the covenants of the Bible. So get ready. And it's all rooted in the scripture, Genesis 3.15, 
I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. So. We'll dig into that just after I remind you that we're not here to give you legal advice, and we aren't here to coach you to get a divorce either. Although the show is called the Divorce Coaching Hour, we will not be coaching today, but rather providing you insight, information, education, and also encouragement. And by doing so, our goal is to help you make better decisions through and beyond the process. And ultimately, what we are here to do is help you look at the realities of your marriage and divorce with your eyes wide open. And based on those realities and your faith, we are here to walk the path with you as your thinking partner, no matter where your journey may lead. And now, let's say hello to Richard. Hi. Hello. That's a lot of pressure (laughs) that I got to say something uh, amazing. Well, you often do. And even though it might not be amazing, which it usually is, I'm sure it'll be insightful. Well, I'm going to start thinking now. Can I use Google? <laughs> no, Google is not no allowed. Google. No, Darn it. <laughs> the Bible is out, though. Okay. And I, folks, I'm a visual learner, so I've made a cheat sheet, although probably would have been a little bit better if it was in larger fonts, So, because it is a bit small. But there's a lot to cover today, so I better get on with it. So I want to... Uh, talk again about that uh, seed theme um, and the verse that it stems from. Yes, I said that, so get ready for it. (laughs) You might hear a few of those nicely. (laughs) Yeah, but haha. So the offspring or the seed at the center of Genesis 3.15 ultimately provides the, wait for it, essential root that connects the lineage revealed throughout the Pentateuch and the historical books of the Bible. So one of the things we want to think about is that um, the word for offspring in Hebrew is seed. So we're really going to be focusing in on, again, the seed idea and the process it takes throughout the covenants of the Bible as it grows. And so uh, here's what I'm going to do is ultimately teach you some um, stuff about the life cycle of a plant, and then we'll talk about the covenants. And so like the life cycle of a physical seed that is planted in the ground, grows and blossoms, the seed has its own journey. The seed is germinated. It develops into a seedling. It grows through its vegetative state. It buds and then it blossoms. Much like the blooming seed, the one that grows in the ground, the seed of the woman is carried through stages that culminate in the most sacred of blooms, Jesus Christ. The stages through which the seed develops are the covenants found throughout the biblical text. Uh, The stages of a seed first starts when, in its origin, as we talked about, it's Genesis, right? Next, the seed germinates, and through that step, it becomes a seedling. Then in its development, the seed moves into the vegetative phase. The long-awaited bud appears next, and finally, the plant flowers or blossoms. So, as I mentioned, I'm doing the teaching here, and then we'll have a discussion about that. So, a few more things and basics about the seed, and I found this statement through the BBC and I think maybe just gives context to our discussion about the, the literal seed. So I quote, many plants grow out of seeds and bulbs. Seeds grow roots and shoots. 
roots and shoots then grow leaves above ground. Many plants make flowers which turn into fruits. Flowers and fruits make their own seeds, and that is called a life cycle. So we want to have that in our thinking as we begin to talk about this seed. And that will actually come back around as we wrap up today as it's applied to us as we move through divorce. Um, I want to pause there because I'm seeing an inquisitive or questioning look on Richard's face. No, it's a very, <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, I'm getting where you're going. Good. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Well, good. Not uh, any seeds, And I'm interested seeds, but... to hear more. Okay, good. I'm glad because you're stuck here with me for an hour. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully, folks, you won't feel like you're stuck with me, but do try to stick around because this hopefully will uh, bring some new awareness to you, not only about um, uh, Bible, covenants, the seed that I never really thought about, and uh, you might learn a few things, too, if you want to be a gardener. So there you have it. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's important because we sow seeds in our lives. And then those seeds germinate and I can't quote all the stages, but they give forth fruit. Yeah. And if the fruit's not what we want it to be, then we have the ability to change the seeds that we're planting. Well, what's really interesting in the New Testament, there's so much said about the seed and there's actually so much said about the seed in the Old Testament and the New Testament because this class is and this paper and this research is focused on on the Old Testament, uh, the Pentateuch rather, and the historical books. We're not necessarily talking about the parable of the seed and those sorts of things, but we can take this awareness that we gain, hopefully from today's discussion and conversation, and apply it to that. And again, what we're talking about here is ultimately where we're going as it relates to divorce. But I want to go back and give a little bit more teaching on the seed itself, the life cycle. And there's some key um, uh, key information in each of these stages that once we begin to look at the covenants, I think, uh, is a, at least to me, was a bit eye-opening. So first, think about a seed. A seed has everything it needs to begin a new life. Thought that was pretty powerful. Inside the seed coat is an embryonic baby plant composed of an embryonic root, stem, and leaves. So it has everything it, it needs. Uh, then it moves into germination, and that seed remains dormant until, listen to this, conditions are favorable for germination. So again, we're talking about the seed itself, we're going to then begin looking at the covenants and then bringing it together to look at how the seed moves through those covenants and develops uh, in the Bible. All seeds need water, oxygen, and optimal temperature to germinate. When a seed is exposed to the proper conditions, water and oxygen are taken in through the seed coat. So it's getting what it needs. A seedling is um, as the plant Plants' roots develop and spread. A boost of quickly absorbed, well-balanced nutrients fuels the rapid growth from the seedling to a healthy plant. So now we're growing. We're getting the nutrients. We're we're um, developing, right? And and then we get into that vegetative uh, space. And this is between germination and flowering. And um, during this phase, plants are, quote, busy carrying out photosynthesis and accumulating resources that will be needed for flowering and reproduction, close quote. And 
so again, a little bit more on the life cycle. We're to budding now, which is probably where we begin to like to really see the plants. But this is the start of a plant's reproductive cycle. It's the transition from growing leaves to forming buds. And then, of course, you get to the budding and the flowering. And here's, I thought this was, I don't know about you guys, this was like wildly awesome for me when I saw this. If the plant has successfully set its seed, its genes will survive into the future as the cycle begins again. So there's the whole life cycle. So as I mentioned in this show, what we're talking about is the life cycle of not only a seed as you would plant in the ground, see it go through its life cycle and grow to blooming and blossoming. That is, we're paralleling that with the seed of the woman that is talked about in Genesis 3.15. And as you look and study the seed of the woman, the woman is Eve, folks, uh, and the offspring that come through that, ultimately that seed buds into Jesus Christ the most amazing of blooms. And so we look at that development through these cycles and then by bringing new awareness of scripture, of God's redemptive plan, we then can apply that to divorce. And so stay tuned for that because that's what we will be uh, continuing to talk about, but a little bit more teaching. So come on back and we're going to talk about the covenants next and then we'll put it all together, folks. So stay with us. There's a lot at stake in a divorce, and you want trusted and specialized counsel. Houston attorney Craig Haston is board certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization and has more than 25 years of legal experience. And experience is everything. Craig will help you make the best choices for your family and your future. When divorce seems to be your next step, contact one of the most recognized attorneys in Texas, Craig Haston. To schedule a consultation, call 281-890-1300 or go to HastonLaw.com. If you've gone through or are going through divorce, you know it can leave you in a dark financial hole, feeling very confused and afraid. But there's hope. Her Sermon is a financial coach and works with those navigating the financial decisions of divorce. Whether it's eliminating debt or creating your financial wellness, you want Hirsch on your team. Hirsch's easy process helps you see the reality of your financial situation and make better decisions. Stop the suffering and get out of that financial black hole. Contact Hirsch today. Go to lifecycle.financial. That's lifecycle.financial. You'll be so grateful you did. When you're selling your home, you want to wow people when they see it. Or if you're not selling and want to enhance your enjoyment of the home, consider Simple Elegance. The team at Simple Elegance, led by Mary Scally, are masters at staging homes for sale or helping you design your interior for maximum impact. Do what new home builders do. Call the staging masters, Simple Elegance, at 877-458-8254 and simpleelegancetx.com. Achieving the best outcome in divorce can be extremely tough when alcohol abuse is part of the process, especially around co-parenting. But there's help with remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to prove their sobriety. Soberlink uses real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection to ensure accurate and reliable results. With Soberlink, you can be confident that your kids are with a sober parent. Visit Soberlink.com backslash DCH. 
Welcome back to the Divorce Coaching Hour. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I hope you are too. Um, I'm your host, Christy Mindelow. I'm here with my husband, Richard Mindelow, also the host of Courageous Christianity uh, with Richard Mindelow, also airs on this station. And we've been in a class and our studies have focused on the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, and the historical books of the Bible. And part of that class is to write a research paper and then also do some application of that paper or our learnings. I've chosen to write a paper on the seed theme uh, in the Pentateuch and the historical books of the Bible. Actually, that seed theme theme runs throughout the entire Bible, uh, but it stems from, yes, again, I use that word, (laughs) all these pun intended words. Uh, It's kind of fun. Uh, But that seed theme stems from Genesis 3.15, and that verse, again, is, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you shall strike his heel. And what we're talking about there is the the offspring uh, in in that verse, and that offspring also uh, would be you could see that as the word seed and that seed in the Bible, as you follow it through all the stages and what we're going to look through, look at as far as stages go are the covenants of the Bible. Uh, That seed ultimately uh, culminates in Jesus Christ. And what I'm doing is taking a look at it along the lines of the life cycle of an actual literal seed And um, I don't know if I just come by that naturally. I love nature. Uh, As I've gotten older, I love nature. And I've also written a book that will uh, be published that's called From Rubble to Roses. And so it's that's really kind of in my, um, I guess, my something in my heart and soul that I, I kind of like the idea of development and redevelopment and Ultimately, by walking through this with you all, I'm fulfilling two things. I'm fulfilling part of my project through this class that we've been taking. And just to mention specifically what this class, uh, this um, entity that we've been taking the course through is our church, Pillar Church in Conroe, Texas, but also Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And I have to give a shout out to pastor and professor Alec Brunson, who's been uh, leading us through this, just such awareness has come from it. And so in sharing this with you today, my intent is to open your eyes about this seed, particularly in the Bible, this offspring, and the lineage of Jesus and the development into this um, uh, bloom, Jesus Christ, but then also what can we take from it to apply to our lives? And so in the first segment, we went through the actual life stages, the life cycle of a plant, and that's uh, so seed starts out as a seed, then germination, then the seedling, vegetation, budding, and then blooming or flowering. Now we're going to look at the covenants, and I'm going to walk through us walk us through the covenants, and then um, as we get through that, Richard and I'll begin to start discussing what he's feverishly writing over here. I'm sure there's a lot of questions, so folks, I'm going to be on the hot seat. But let me bring us to um, kind of uh, 
the transition from the actual life stages of the seed into the covenants. And so like the stages of the physical seed, the offspring of the woman, the seed transforms through the stages. As I was mentioning, these stages are the covenants that shape the biblical narrative and result in the salvation of the world, the Messiah. Uh, And so I want to also give credit to Brett Berger. Uh, He wrote a paper called Theology Thursday, What Are the Biblical Covenants? And um, I'm sharing his words here because his explanation is as straightforward as the title of his paper, What Are the Biblical Covenants? And so so try to stay with me here. Again, we've talked about the seeds, um, the stages of the seed. Now we're moving into the covenants. And so we're going to start with the Noahic covenant. And so you might all know um, Noah. And if you want to turn to your Bibles here, probably not when you're driving, but Genesis 9, this is a covenant that God establishes with Noah after the flood, which he resets and renews the blessing of creation, reaffirming God's image in humanity and the work of dominion. This covenant promises the preservation of humanity and provides for the restraint of human evil and violence. And so where I've likened this is to the germination stage. So if you Think back on the germination stage. Seeds remain dormant until conditions are favorable for germination. A seed, uh, and remember, a seed has everything it needs, but it also needs favorable uh, conditions for it to germinate. And so if you look at the Noahic covenant, it's reset and renews. He's, um, uh, He's resetting the stage here. And that I hear that as favorable, favorable conditions for growth. Yeah, renewing uh, things to get the best start. Yeah, yeah, and and if we were, you know, looking at even further beyond in the life cycle of a seed, there are times that a seed has to be, or a plant has to be pruned to be able to grow in the right direction. And so, you know, if we wanted to really dissect the new way it covenant. There could be some thoughts of of that when um, God basically reset the the foundation. Um, Now, we're moving on into the Abrahamic covenant. And in this, you'll find it in uh, Genesis 12 and 15. And so critical to the Bible story. In it, God promises Abraham a land, descendants, and a blessing This blessing promised to Abraham would extend through him to all the peoples of the earth. And understanding this covenant is really paramount to understanding theological concepts like a promised land, election, the people of God, inheritance, and so on. And so here we go back to the stages of the seed. And I likened that to the seedling where you might recall I said that well-balanced nutrients fuel the rapid growth from the seedling to a healthy plant. And so in here, again, is God promises Abraham a and descendants a blessing. He gives them the land, and it would um, go to all, it would spread to all the peoples of the earth. So you think about that seedling getting what it needs and now um, spreading, which Abraham is the father of, uh, well, he's in the lineage. So thoughts there, Richard? Yeah. 
makes sense. Um, God says that he will bless the world through Abraham and the Jews, and he will bless those who bless them and curse those who curse them. And what I'm kind of hearing there is uh, prune anybody who isn't going to uh, provide good growth and uh, provide sunshine and rain for good growth. Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I think it all does. And that's what this is, is really just a discussion about uh, these maybe crazy thoughts. I have um, one of the things that, uh, so I have a lot of, it's a research paper, so I have a lot of research materials. Uh, um, I looked up one article, author Anna Lima, And it says genealogy can be said to provide a blueprint for life by illuminating the wisdom and the folly of our ancestors. So, you know, as we study trying to understand the significance of this lineage and this growth of the seed is we can gain a lot of understanding and wisdom there and ultimately understand that this lineage that we're rooted in. Again, I'm not making fun. I'm not making light of this. That I think when we get how rooted in foundation in this seed we actually are as Christians, it can truly shape how we bloom and blossom through anything in our life. And that's ultimately where we're going, folks, not to give it away. But let me keep teaching because we have a few more things to think about. The Mosaic Covenant. Now, I'm likening that to the vegetative state Uh, And I'll get to that. And you'll find this in Exodus 19 and 24. And in this covenant, God establishes um, uh, with the people of Israel at Mount Sinai after he led them out of Egyptian slavery. In it, he or with it, rather, God supplies the law that is meant to govern and shape. We were just talking about that govern and shape the people of Israel and the promised land. Uh, It was not a means of salvation, but would distinguish the people from the surrounding nations, a special kingdom of priests. This covenant was conditional and defined blessings and curses based on obedience or disobedience. And understanding the Mosaic covenant is foundational to understanding here at the cycles of blessing and curse in the Old Testament. So we go then to the vegetation stage and plants are busy carrying out photosynthesis and accumulating resources that will be needed for the flowering and reproduction. And I think oftentimes we look at um, uh, these stages and these covenants that God made as restrictive, but they're actually life-giving. And so we can talk about that. And then quickly, the Davidic covenant, we're at the budding. You'll find this covenant in Second Samuel. And this covenant is where God promises a descendant of David to reign on the throne of the people of God. It's a continuation of the earlier covenants in that it promises a Davidic king as the figure through whom God would secure the promises of the land, descendants, and blessing. And uh, we, I liken this to the budding stage. And that leads us then to the new covenant, the New Testament, which is the coming of the Messiah Uh, It promises a coming day when God would make a new covenant, unlike the one which Israel had broken. This coming day would bring forgiveness of sin, uh, internal renewal of the heart, and beyond. And that's, we're looking at Jeremiah 31, 
uh, 31, 31, 31 through 34, and Luke 22, 14 through 23, not necessarily all in the Pentateuch or the um, historical books of the Bible, but still definitely relevant. When we come back, now that we've gone through the teaching, folks, stay, thanks for staying with us. Richard and I will break this down, talk about it, discuss um, these covenants, the seed, and the bloom of uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Stay tuned. Here's today's two-minute tip, and it's about courage. As I work with men and women navigating divorce, I hear the heartbreak, I see the confusion, and I sense the fear because of all they are going through, and my heart aches for them. If your heart is breaking, if you are confused, and if you are afraid because of divorce, my heart aches for you too. I get it. I've been there. It's not a fun journey. But I can tell you, being on the other side of it personally and working with those who do move through it, there is hope. It is possible that there will be a time when your heart is no longer breaking, you are clear-minded, and you feel strong. And as you are hearing today, our greatest hope can be found in Jesus Christ. What else does it take to get to the other side? It takes courage. What is courage? From Oxford languages, it's defined as the ability to do something that frightens one. It's also strength in the face of pain or grief. What I see and hear in those definitions is that courage requires action. There's action in the doing something that frightens someone, and there's action in facing pain or grief. It doesn't say what the action has to be, and it doesn't say that it has to be the perfect action. It just needs to be action. I will say that the action does need to be something that moves you or someone forward to a better or healthier place. So today, whatever you are facing, how could you take action? How could you take action despite fear? How could you take action in the face of pain or grief? And what would that action need to be in order to move you or someone else forward to a better place? If you want to talk more about courage and how you can take action, please write to me at Christy at ChristyMindelow.com. And you can always visit the TheDivorceCoachingHour.com for more information. And remember to keep listening each week for another two-minute tip, all to support you or someone you know who is facing or going through divorce. And please share this episode with those who will benefit. God bless you. And welcome back to the Divorce Coaching Hour. I'm glad you are with us today. Maybe you are glad too. A little bit of a different show today. Uh, We are um, going through a project that... uh, I've been doing, along with Richard, my husband, in a class that we took through our church, and we've been in a class studying the Old Testament, particularly the first five books of the Bible, or the Pentateuch, and the historical books of the Bible. And we have really done in-depth studies, but the culmination of this particular class is to write a research paper. And then also to um, produce some sort of sermon or teaching. You know, they often, whoever they is, they often say that you don't know something until you teach it. And so today, folks, I'm teaching it. And I hope that you will gain something from it. Uh, I know that anytime I've studied the Bible, I have had a new awareness. And I believe that when we can have a new awareness, especially of the living word, 
we can begin to see life better, um, clearer, and as God would want us to see life. And as you might know, going through divorce, uh, things can be a little hazy. And so it's my intent to part to do my project and secondarily, hopefully benefit you with it. And so what we've been talking about is the seed theme throughout the Bible, specifically these books that I've just mentioned, and uh, really focusing in on Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you shall strike his heel. We're talking about Satan there striking his heel. We're talking about um, Jesus crushing Satan's head. Uh, and this promise was given to us in Genesis 3.15, you would liken offspring to seed. And so whether it makes sense or not to me, it does, is that the seed, a literal seed, grows through phases. And I've likened it to the offspring um, growing through the seed, growing through the stages in the Bible, in particular in the covenants and key covenants. And we've talked about those covenants in the second segment that's the Noahic, Abrahamic, Mosaic, Davidic, and then, of course, the New Covenant. And so now we're going to, Richard and I are going to kind of dissect that and have a conversation about this seed and in the biblical narrative and what we can begin to draw from it. So in all my teaching, Richard, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, the metaphor of the seed is great in its own right as applied to us in our lives. When you add to it the biblical implications, it just makes you feel like if it's nature's plan for what is right and good, then, and it's the Bible's plan for what is right and good, then, man, I just need to get on board and try and make my life look like that, and then I will uh, also have flowering and blossoming and what is right and good. So yeah. it's a kind of a cool roadmap. You know, it, it actually takes me to a time as I was um, myself growing through divorce, and I would walk in Houston along Buffalo Bayou, and there would be times I would just sit on one of the um, one of the areas. And there was one time I looked down, and it was a bit of a barren area, and I just saw this little green sprout coming up through the the, um, the mulch or whatever. And I just sat there and for the longest time stared at it. And I, I'm sure it's on my phone somewhere because I was so mesmerized by that and I thought how wonderful it is we can grow up through this mulch and this you know whatever uh, this dust and this dirt and out pops this bud of life and and so it just brought me to that vision of nature and so that alone is amazing but now that we look at it as a part of the biblical narrative wow yeah, so I was looking at this. Um, you got the germination, you got the becoming a seedling, and then you've got the vegetative state, and all of that leads to budding, and then the buds lead to blooms. And 
So if you think about it, each of the conditions that are right for each of those stages, I can try to set in my own life. So if you think about the beginning, you say, okay, uh, initially the seeds remain dormant until conditions are favorable for germination. And what I hear in that is so crazy because a lot of times when we're faced with situations, life situations, not even speaking to divorce, just situations, we say, I'm going to wait till things are right Mm. until I do this good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until I change, until I grow. But what this says is that the seed stays dormant until the conditions are favorable for germination. So set the conditions right now. Yeah. You create the conditions in your own little pot where the seed of your goodness and character and creativity and uh, joy and happiness can start uh, germinating. Yeah, germinating, flourishing. They won't be yeah. dormant anymore. But as right. long as that spark, we don't take steps to right. create those conditions in our own lives because we think we're going to wait for germination before we create those or conditions. Or we're waiting for somebody else to do it. Yeah, no. Yeah. Create the conditions and then you'll have germination. Well, what's, uh, where it's bringing me to is, and I don't know if I'll be able to really say say this, so this is a new awareness in this discussion right here. Uh, so God knew the conditions that we needed through the stages in the covenants, but he created the seed and he also created these stages. So if he knew, knew both, which would ultimately flourish, why would we not like get on board, read the Bible and go, okay, these are the conditions I need, then let me put them in place. Yeah, the answer to that question, why would we not? Yeah. Is because um the world tells us other things. The world tells us we're not even worthy of germination, we're not a very good seed. The mm. world says all kinds of things. And what we know, if we look around, watch the news, read the paper, the world is not doing that great of a job by itself. So maybe I'm going to stop listening to what the world says. Right. The world can't even fix itself. So if this is God's plan for nature, and if this is the Bible's plan for God's redemption of man, then I'm going to make it my plan for my restoration of my own life. Yeah. And so what I'm going to do right now, you've talked about this before on the show. You've said, okay, if you want to make a big change, do something little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's say somebody's feeling really beat up, really small. You say, okay, make one tiny little change. Go for a walk, walk around the block, just just around the block. And that one tiny little change will be the beginning of setting the conditions which will cause germination. It will bring about germination. Yeah, what I'm hearing in there is we're, we're ultimately kind of talking about the nutrients the seed needs, and that new those nutrients now applying it to you. If I was drawing another diagram, I'd have you know the seed, I'd have the covenants, and I'd have us, right? And the nutrients we need to be able to flourish, and that might be a walk in the park, that might be enough rest, that might be um, the right food. And so we've got to look at what conditions do we need to set to flourish. Yeah. I'm not even to the part with the nutrients yet. Oh. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking about 
the good in us, the new in us, the creative in us, the happy in us, often is dormant because conditions around us have not been conducive. Yeah. And what I'm actually saying is stop waiting for the conditions to be conducive and create the conditions yourself. Yeah. And so spiritually, first and foremost, that's your relationship with God. Yeah, spiritual food. That's the beginning of creating the conditions that will cause the seed that is everything awesome about you to come out of dormancy. Yeah. Um, Join a church, creating conditions. Um, Do something for someone else. Taking the focus off you, making things feel positive. You're creating conditions. Yeah. All of these different things. And that's just to cause the seed to come out of dormancy. And then the next step is going to be giving it the nutrients it needs. Right. Yeah. So I think that this is a totally cool roadmap and a a brilliant opportunity for us to take charge and say, this is God's plan for the world. This is God's plan for nature. And it's going to be my plan for myself. Yeah, I think there's a lot we can learn from it. I'm, I don't know if these things still exist, but back in the day when my mom was taking care of all her plants and she had somewhat of a green thumb, but I think there were these little like nutrient sticks that she would stick in mm-hmm. the soil. And I'm like, okay, what sort of nutrient stick do you need? Um, and there's so much of it right there in the Bible. And uh, so much of it, uh, well, all of it is for us. I mean, you might even think Leviticus is against us, but you go read it and it's really prescriptive for us to flourish, to flower, to bloom. And folks, when to we Germany. come back, we are uh, going to wrap things up um, talking about uh, growth and renewal through uh, the divorce process. So coming back. Friends, I'm so glad that you're listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour, and there's something I want you to know. I really want you to hear this. I, as a divorce coach and the host of this show, don't advocate for divorce in general. Our goal is to glorify God first and foremost by helping you save your marriage. The fact of the matter is that there are times when a marriage can't be saved. I know. I've been there. And when it can't be saved, we want to walk alongside you through it. We want to help you pick up the fragments, put the pieces together, and help you stand strong and walk through divorce courageously. And I want to share something with you that may help. I'm on another show here on KKHT. I'm honored to be the wingman on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendela, where each week Richard and I talk about the intersection of our faith and the secular world. And together with interesting guests, we shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for Courageous Christianity. It's my belief that Courageous Christianity with Richard Mindelow can be another resource that you can turn to as you walk through this path of significant change in your life. So please join us. You can catch the show on this station, 100.7 FM KKHT, at 12 p.m. noon Central Time, Saturdays, and online at kkht.com as well. Hey, grab your lunch and join us for both shows back-to-back, 12 p.m. noon for Courageous Christianity and 1 p.m. for the Divorce Coaching Hour. You can also find all shows under podcasts, under the Programs tab on KKHT.com. Richard and I hope you'll listen in. As always, if you want to reach me, you can find me at thedivorcecoachinghour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. We are grateful for you joining us each week and for your support.
We're back. You're listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour. I'm your host, Christy Mindelow, and I'm here with my husband, Richard Mindelow, also the host of Courageous Christianity with Richard Mindelow, also on this station. We are discussing the seed theme in the Bible, and you might, uh, as you go back and perhaps listen to the show, you'll you'll hear that this is ultimately, uh, this came about, this discussion, this show came about as a part of a project for a class that Richard and I have been taking through our church, and uh, I have chosen to study the seed theme through the Bible. It all, uh, yes, again, stems from... Um, Genesis 3.15, and uh, that scripture, again, is I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And what I've taken is that offspring, which is ultimately the seed, and looked at that seed through the covenants of the Bible and likened that to the life cycle of a seed and how we then can um, apply that to our lives. And so uh, I what I'm wanting for you listeners is to first have this awareness of the seed in the Bible. I, I really, um, I don't know that I knew about this seed in the Bible, uh, but it's been really eye-opening to me. And, um, and so I believe it's always eye-opening for us to read and study the Bible, and so hopefully that can be very helpful for you. And um, in that new awareness, allowing that to shape your perspectives as you look at your situation, of course, also there is the nature gardening aspect, which has been a little bit of fun studying the life cycle of a seed. As I get older, I love nature more and kind of envision times that I would actually be some sort of gardener. Um, So I've learned a little there too. But my point is this, the concept of the seed is introduced at the very early stages of creation, Genesis 3.15. And it leads us through, uh, as it grows, various stages of development outlined in the covenants. So the physical seed undergoes a life cycle from germination to blossoming And so, too, does the seed of the woman that we just spoke about in Genesis 3.15. And that culminates in the sacred bloom of Jesus Christ. Like the stages of a physical seed, the spiritual seed experiences a journey through the biblical narrative. And understanding the life cycle of a seed provides a framework for comprehending the transformative process the seed undergoes. With this new awareness, perhaps we can look at our situation, our lives in general, ask Jesus to come into our lives, take root, and begin that transformative process that the seed went through. Ultimately, that seed is Jesus Christ. And so we were talking about this in the last segment how we can apply this to our lives. We've talked about the metaphor of the seed and the conditions that we need to grow and that we can choose the conditions um, now to help us uh, grow through whatever stage we're in. And so as I kind of wrap up that idea, Richard, uh, what are your thoughts there? Um, I I totally, before when you were just... um, kind of sort of giving me the overview. I wasn't really understanding, but I understand now. And I 
see it as incredibly powerful. Um, and so to look at the stages as you're doing and to look at the metaphor of God's plan for nature and God's plan for us, uh, what comes to me is the conversation we had recently with a really wonderful man who is very concerned with helping his wife recover from her illness. And he was talking to us about being the man that he's supposed to be mm, to help yeah. her. And we were saying, let God work through you. Mm. So what came to me as you were speaking is, if it feels like a lot, and if you don't necessarily feel like you have the energy, remember, it's not your strength that is going to make all this happen. It's going to be God working through you to accomplish a plan that he's very well acquainted with. Which is, in fact, what he did through all the covenants. Absolutely. And so all we kind of have to do is at each stage, set the conditions, push the seed out of dormancy, provide the nutrients and nurture good growth. Um, continue that by setting good habits. And then if there's some pruning that's required, letting go of old things, getting rid of bad habits, do that. And then um, with God's help in his strength, you have this whole new person, this whole changed life, which benefits everyone around it. Yeah. So it, to me, it's very exciting. It It is. And it brings me back to, and I said we would get back to this. So thank you for helping uh, me. I'm just looking into that information from the BBC. And let's hope that I can find it. It, it. it talked about the fruit, ultimately. And when we're talking about pruning and the conditions, you know, one of the things I'd like us to move to is talking about the fruit that's produced once it flowers and blooms, right? And so we can often look at um, how healthy our our stage is, our seed, our flowering plant is by the fruit it produces. Yeah, and you've often said that on our show, you talk about the fruits of the faith, and I know we're in the Old Testament and the fruits of right. the, the Spirit come from the New Testament, Galatians chapter 5, but I still think they're tremendously relevant because what I've understood you to say in the past on our show is if you look at the fruit that's in your life and if it's not good fruit, then you need to make some changes. Yeah, and so I found that BBC quote, and so many plants grow out of seeds and bulbs. They grow roots and shoots. Roots and shoots then grow leaves above ground. Many plants make flowers which turn into fruits. Flowers and fruits make their own seeds, which we call life cycle. And so certainly this isn't, again, part of the Pentateuch or the historical books of the Bible, but I think it's hard not to talk about the seed and the flowering and the blossoming applied to our lives without looking at the the idea of um, the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah. Um, so Galatians chapter 5, if you remember right, Jeff Egley, who was a guest on our show, said something great when he said the fruits of the Spirit are cumulative. So when you have the first one, that helps you get the second one. And when you have the second one, that helps you get the third one. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And they kind of sort of build on themselves. And so to me, yeah, that's, that's like all these different blooms. 
And that's the positive side of things. And then the negative side of things is, hey, if your plant is not blooming, if you don't feel patient, if you don't feel kind, if you're feeling angry a lot of the time, then, okay, understandable. Maybe need to do some pruning, maybe some new friends, maybe some new habits, maybe some different nutrients, uh, maybe a herbicide. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You know, what was my mind was going to, uh, I, I think I heard said a long time ago, is like, you, it's not a time for you to be in a relationship or it's not a time for you to have a dog or some sort of animal if you can't take care of your plants, right? And so, wow. yeah, and so you, you, you need to take care of that first. And so, um, you know, this show is about uh, helping people move through this process in a healthier manner that would be otherwise. And so the amazing thing is that, um, you know, we're – when we're rooted in Christ and that seed can flower and bloom through us. And, but again, as we're talking about it, it, it takes um, those nutrients and it takes those conditions. And if God has done it, he can do it again. And so with that, we're already to the end of the show uh, very quickly. Any final thoughts, Richard? The final thoughts that I would have is that a gardener has to set the conditions for all of these things to take place. And God is the gardener. And he will help you to set these conditions in your own life. Don't wait for them to happen. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Don't wallow in the past. We've all made mistakes. Work now to set the conditions, to push the seed out of dormancy, to give it nutrients, to nurture good growth, to form good habits, and look forward to a whole new life going forward. Yeah, and we can set the conditions. God's there with us to do it. And I would uh, just encourage you folks to take this time and think about this show and ask yourself, what new awarenesses maybe do you have? from this show and how can you apply this learning to go bloom um, bright and beautiful as uh, the, the, the seed that you are. And so folks, uh, you know, what we're here to do is help you think about this process. And uh, Richard, obviously my thinking partner today. So uh, thank you for being here with us to help uh, have this conversation. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and friends, I'm so grateful you've been here with us today. It's my prayer that this show helps you or someone in your life. So please remember to share it. There are more than an estimated 1 million divorces worldwide per year, and those affected are far beyond that 1 million. Please help us to help them navigate divorce by sharing this show. Thank you for listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour. I'm Christy Mendelow, and I can't wait to be here with you each and every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 FM. KKHT, the word or by podcast, wherever you listen. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.